I think there must be something about living in Oxford that makes lovers very inventive. <laughs> you might want to move there. <laughs> but please don't. <laughs> when our son, Alistair, decided to woo his now wife, Liz, he did it by sending her a text message on Valentine's Day. And uh, his text message was a a treasure hunt through the Song of Solomon, which is a a love story book right in the middle of the Bible. Um, So that was his approach to her to say, are you interested? She was, thankfully. (laughs) When Ollie decided to propose to Natasha, who was our student intern here last year, he enlisted the help of several others and sent her on a treasure hunt around Oxford which ended up in a proposal at the top of the St. Aldate's Church Tower, complete with champagne and violins. I mean, how romantic is that? She said yes, and they're getting married in the summer. When love... I mean, come on, guys. Bristol must have some stories as well. So uh, (laughs) I just happen to know two from Oxford. (laughs) But when love wants to find a way to communicate, it will go to great lengths to find that way. And it's just like that with God, isn't it? This little Christmas series that we've been having during Advent around these um, early verses in John's Gospel um, has been just unfolding. And today we're thinking about the miracle of the method by which God chose to communicate his love. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, the reading is up there. Um, That's great. A couple of weeks ago, Murray uh, spoke to us from those first verses in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was the word of God. God spoke, and galaxies were whirled into place. Stars burned in the heavens, and planets began to orbit around the sun. And history unfolds, doesn't it? We read the story of God dealing with his people in the Old Testament. And then when the time was right, Jesus came. Came in flesh to this speck in the universe called the planet Earth. He came and revealed God's love to us. One of the things I've been doing this week is going out and about, taking communion to some folk who can't any longer get to church. And um, I've been using some of the words from the Advent Communion Liturgy. And I was particularly struck by this phrase um, that, that it says. It says, for when he, that's God, humbled himself to come among us in human flesh... He fulfilled the plan you formed before the foundation of the world to open for us the way of salvation. And it's an amazing thought, isn't it, that what we celebrate at Christmas, the birth of a baby, God's own son, is the outworking of a plan that God had formed since before the foundation of the world. How inventive is that? You know, it didn't just happen in a vacuum. It was a really, really carefully conceived plan that God took great care to execute. There was no limit to the lengths that God was prepared to go to, the risks he was prepared to take in order to communicate his love. And so, John brings us to the climax of this wonderful opening of his gospel, where he tells us what it is that happened. Those words that Anthea read from the Message Bible, really lovely to have that different translation. But here in the NIV, this is what it says, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full 
of grace and truth. And the thing about John's words is that they were the testimony of an eyewitness. John was one of the disciples. He'd lived with Jesus for three years. And we hear him expand on what that was like at the beginning of his letter to young Christians. This is what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we've seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Now the thing about the people who live with us is that they generally see the fullness of who we are, don't they? They see the good bits and they see the not-so-good bits. I imagine I'm probably not the only one who, at some point in this last week, has had a bit of a meltdown in getting ready for Christmas. Would that be right? Mine happened at five o'clock on Wednesday morning. I'd already been awake for over an hour, and I was lying there thinking, how on earth am I going to get everything done that needs to be done? I just couldn't see how I was going to get it done. And then Chris, my husband, woke up and um, said, how are you, dear? And I was like that. And I mean, I really was having quite a meltdown. So um, he listened to me. Um, I said, I don't want you to help. I don't want you to help. Please don't fix it. I just need you to listen to me. And then I, made, I, I said at one point, I said, actually, you could help me with this. What shall I do? So he, he told me, but he didn't realise it was just that one point that I, did, I wanted to help with. So, uh, but and anyway, it was just, you know, he saw the fullness of who I was. And I can promise you at that moment, what he, see wasn't, what, what he did see wasn't somebody who was full of grace and truth. That's not quite the word that I'd use to describe it. But John... He lived with Jesus for three years, and what he spoke about Jesus, what he saw in Jesus, was somebody who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody who, when he saw how he lived, you could say, we've seen the glory of God, the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then he goes on to say, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who's at the Father's side, has made him known. You know, wouldn't we like to see what God's like? Isn't that a longing in our hearts to want to see God? And actually, when we see Jesus, that's what we do see. The intimacy of love that the Son shared with the Father and the Spirit from the very beginning means that when we look at one of them, we see them all. The Apostle Paul goes on to um, put it slightly differently in his letter to the Colossians. He, He says the same sort of thing. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. But that's not all. He goes on to say, and you have been given fullness in him. John's saying the same sort of thing. If we look at verse 16, from the fullness of his grace, we've all received one blessing after another. So what we see in Jesus is what God intends for us too. And that's a pretty amazing thought, isn't it? Last week, Sai was speaking at the nine o'clock on the verses um, just before what we've had today. And one of the lovely verses is verse 12. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The right to take up our inheritance, that out of the fullness of God's grace, 
we might receive one blessing after another. There's no limit to what God wants to do for us. And those blessings include so many different things, don't they? Mercy, wisdom, forgiveness, peace, grace, truth, and love. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't got those things in our Christmas stockings on Christmas morning? One blessing after another, and they're things that God wants to give to us. I wonder what people would say if they look at you and at me. Would they say of us that we are people who are full of grace and truth? Would they say that they see the glory of God revealed in and through us? Does that sound impossible? Impossible to happen? Well, when the angel appeared to Mary and told her what was going to happen to her, she might have thought it was impossible, but he said, no, nothing's impossible with God. And the miracle of the method of what God has done, of being, becoming incarnate and of being um, born of a human, what happened to Mary can happen to us too. Okay, we might not physically give birth to Jesus the way that she did, but spiritually we can give birth to him. Just as the life of God was birthed in Mary, so it can be birthed in us too. I was reminded of the verse from that Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I think it's the last verse. This is what it says, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, O Lord Emmanuel. Love came down in the form of that tiny little baby whose birth we remember and celebrate at Christmas. And it's a love that God wants us to enter into more fully, more deeply, more richly this Christmas. So in a moment I'm going to give us an opportunity for that to happen by extending to you an invitation. It's an invitation that came to me on an Advent retreat that I did at Lee Abbey recently. And when it came to me, we were encouraged to sit with it and then to write a response to it. And it may be that some of you, having heard it, would like to do that. So there are copies of this reflection on the table at the back there. And do pick one up if you want to. But in the midst of this busy week running up to Christmas, when I'm sure, like you, I've still got lots to do, um, I just thought it would be really good just for us to pause and have a moment to reflect on what it is that God is saying to us and wanting to do for us this Christmas time. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in him. So no matter how much or how little of that fullness you already know, there's always more to be had. And this invitation comes to us this morning, to each one of us, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So I'm going to read to you some words, and these words come to you from God. Just one of the blessings that he wants to give you today. So I want to suggest that perhaps you might like to close your eyes, just settle into a space, be as comfortable as you can be, and hear these words from the Lord. I am the Lord, your Saviour. I want you to enter my love. Yes, I want you so close to me that I can speak my love into your heart. 
I want to come to you as I came to Mary. I want to look on you as I looked on Mary. I'm not looking at your greatness, nor at your attempts at asserting yourself or trying to stand out from others. I see your littleness. I see deep within you. Behind all your various disguises, masks and roles, I see the child, my beloved child who's hungry and cries for my love. Come to me. Rest in me. Stay with me. I am the Lord, your Saviour. I want to come to you now and enfold you with my love on all sides. I do not want to drill my love into your life. I want to bring it to birth in you. Mary's task is yours too, to receive Jesus into your life and to bring my love to birth into your world. In that way, I can use you as a channel for my love. Through you, I can love the people I send across your path. I can use your eyes to look at them with my goodness. I can use your ears to listen to them. I can use your mouth to speak to them. Rest now in my love. Then I can do great things for you too and through you. As we stay in that place of love, let's just ask the Lord to come and to show us the fullness of what he's wanting to give us this morning, what he's wanting to do for us. It may be there was a particular phrase from that reflection that struck you, so stay with that if that's what happened. But as we listen, it may well be that the Lord is wanting to say more and do more and give more. So if you sense God speaking to you a word of love that might be for somebody else or it might be for you, then do speak it out in this moment and then we'll have an opportunity to respond in a moment. some here who haven't yet known just that miracle of God's love being born in your heart, of Jesus being given to you in your inner being and that invitation to come and enter God's love.
is particularly for you today. So if you've never known that and you'd like today to give your heart to the Lord, then um, as we come to respond and to worship, there'll be folk here at the front who'd be really pleased to pray and do come and uh, ask for prayer. Or it may be that you just need to know a fresh infilling of the Father's love for you this Christmas. That the busyness, the stress of the season has got to you and you just want to come back to him and remember what it's all about. Does anybody else have a sense of what God might be wanting to say and do amongst us as we respond to what he's offering us this morning? Either way. 